Welcome to the Spurs News Podcast, your home for all things Spurs. And now, let's join our hosts. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Spurs News Podcast. I am Sam, and coming in as our super sub this week, as Matt is taking busy... It is Stefan. Hey man, how you doing? Yeah, thanks for stepping in, mate. No worries. Yeah, so I call you Step In Stefan, but you prefer Super Sub. Yeah, I say I'm like the Jermaine Defoe of the podcast, the Super Sub. You're offside. Yeah, it comes in, gets the job done while standing offside mostly. Yeah. Yeah, oh, nice. Oh, that's good then. Um, uh, well, welcome, my friend. Uh, shout out to Matt. I had a very last minute thing come up that's very important, so. You uh, couldn't be with us, so but Stefan's here. But Matt, uh, best wishes, my friend. Uh, but everybody, thank you for listening again. Uh, we are talking all things Tottenham Hotspur. It's been the international break, so uh, we've had time to take a breath, to chill a little bit. Hopefully, everybody listened to the podcast last week. We titled therapy. Yes. Um, it, it was therapeutic for me anyway because I just got to air kind of all of the crap that was on my mind and after saying it all and Matt kind of listened and he aired some of his stuff we both kind of went ah oh, that feels better so um hopefully hopefully a few people listened to that and perhaps shouted things at us you know you're wrong you idiot and that made everybody feel better which is collect- <laughs> collectively good uh this week uh there's a variety of topics really relating to Tottenham uh the first one I'm going to open with my friend Michel Vorm has returned. The ultimate kick in the teeth to every academy goalkeeper we have. Yeah, <laughs> It's an interesting one, I'm isn't it? I'm not sure on this one. I'm really not. I, I Don't get me wrong. I liked Vorm in the early days. Yep. Um, in the last couple of seasons he was with us, I never felt confident. Once the ball got near the... Like, one-on-one, mm. I, I never would have got... Yeah, he's going to save this. One-on-ones no, I got very fair. nervous about. Yeah. Um... And then he went, and it was like, you know, thanks for the good times. You did us well for, you know, yep. they've been here for quite a while. Yeah, You were a great understudy to Lloris. You've helped Gazaniga come through the ranks, etc. You're Hopefully, you've helped a lot of the academy kids. Um, thank you very much. Off you go. See you later. Yeah. Uh, Lloris has got injured. And instead of going to one of the youth guys, the academy boys, you know, you're going to be on the bench. You shouldn't yeah. have to play because we've got Gazaniga in goal, but you're just going to be on the bench, get involved with the first team. We've kind of taken a step back and re-signed someone that wasn't good enough to extend their contract in the first place. Yeah, no, I mean, I think that's a point of view shared by a lot of people. Um, for, for me, I'm, I think I put this on Facebook the other day, I'm kind of on the fence on it because I can completely understand the logic of... Do you want to have someone on the bench who has never played a first-team game ever? Not at any level at all. Um, And going into the Champions League, for example, going into various games we got coming up. So let's play, for example, we got three games coming up. We play Watford uh, this weekend, um, then we're in Belgrade, um, and then we got Liverpool. Now, could you? how would you feel about Gazaniga playing these two games picks up an injury in Belgrade and then starting against Liverpool as a 20-year-old who's never... Well, if you go Whiteman, 22-year-old, but who has never played a first-team game before, the the trepidation is going to kick in. And I can completely understand 
the thinking of it is much better we have within the squad uh, a guy who is experienced who could come into that atmosphere and not be bothered by it so i can completely understand the logic i do but then the other side of me looks at people like your harry canes and those people yeah but harry kane can make a mistake and not concede a goal yeah, a goalkeeper, this is the a goalkeeper makes a mistake and that's it. You think yeah. about Lloris. I mean, Lloris has been slammed by Tottenham fans because he's error-strewn. In reality, the guy's made, I think, something like 19 errors across seven seasons. Yeah. And it's led to, like, 16 goals. That's the highest for a goalkeeper in the league. Don't get me wrong. But, but he's made the most amount of saves. So, therefore, how many it, points has he actually saved yeah. us? Yeah, and his, and his save for shot ratio is the highest in the league. But yep. also, you factor in the fact, if you were to try and make an error count for our outfield players, it'd be, I think if someone had that low an error count, you'd go, wow, that's a quality player. <laughs> oh, but, yeah. But goalkeeper, think... yeah, goalkeeper is magnified, and, and it has to be, and that's the pressure of that position. Yep. And, and young players in that position, you know, I can't think of the last time a Premier League team, for example, well, you know, let's call it what we are. We're a Champions League team. Yeah. A Champions League team went, you know what? Yeah, let's let's put the kid in. <laughs> Do you know what? Yeah. I can only think of one. Go on. And that's Milan. Is it Donnarumma or whatever? Is the, the that, was a, that was a while ago. I mean, yeah. he's a young, he was still a young lad, yeah. but yeah. yeah. I can't yeah, think of anyone. There yeah. was, I'm sure there was a team in the Premiership, was it last season, I think it was. Yeah, they had an injury crisis and end up putting some like eighteen-year-old in goal, uh, don't get me and wrong, then he cemented yeah. the first team place yeah. for the next like six games. Yeah, and, but and, it's unlikely. But the thing is, it is possible. Of course, it is. But and I bet all the I, fans were still sat there going, "Oh God, oh yeah, no." Well, yeah, and but I mean, it's infinitely possible. The the younger goalkeepers, the the counter argument, like you were saying a minute ago, if they don't get given that opportunity, if they're not granted that chance, we're never going to know. Yeah. We could have arguably the best goalkeeper in the league, you know, in one of these kids who is phenomenal and does everything, you know, um, comes up for corners and scores goals, does the lot. We don't know, <laughs> you know, until they play because until yeah. they're actually in that environment. I mean, I, I watch youth football a lot. Yep. I can tell you right now, I have seen players at academy level, at under 23, under 18, that I've gone, yep world beater oh my word this player and i've told people i've been like seriously this guy yeah yeah gonna we're gonna win the league because of this guy yeah and and now he's at south end (laughs) and 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 a striker who i looked at and went never gonna make it is arguably the best striker in the world (laughs) so so that either says one of two things one my opinion is shite no one should listen to me yeah don't become a scout yeah (laughs) yeah seriously sam not a career for you mate don't give up the day job or two and this is the way i much prefer people think of it it is really difficult to gauge when younger players because there are so many other factors outside of just how they play in these games that we see I think Marcus Rashford is a, a massive example of a player who had all this ability, the wrong attitude, never made the step up, disappeared, didn't make the chances. When he was given the chances, didn't take them. You think Marcus Rashford's got a bad attitude? Well, Pochettino did. That's why he never got the... Oh, not Marcus Rashford, Marcus Edwards. Right, that makes more sense. That makes more sense, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was confusing me. Yeah, not going to lie. 
Um, it confused me when you said it back to me. And I was like, that's what I said. Yeah. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, Marcus Edwards is uh, an enigma, really, because uh, you watch that lad play at any level. I mean, you watch him play in the first team in Holland last year. He's such an exciting, talented footballer. The, the issue, you know, you talk about attitude and stuff like that. He, he did some growing up and he needed to do some growing up. And that's fine. I mean, I, I remember being a right arrogant ass when I was 15, 16. Now imagine people around you telling you that you're going to be the next greatest footballer in the world and people are paying you and you've got, you know, I'm a Premier League, I'm at a Premier League club, blah, blah, blah. At 15, 16, I'd have been awful. <laughs> so, gotcha. so I, you know, I, I kind of look at that and I go, yeah, I get it. Let them grow up, let them mature. And people mature and grow up at different ages as well. Yep. Uh, everyone's got different backgrounds, different experiences and different people around them. I, I said a few times... Um, uh, you know, whether I'm out of line or not, I always felt he had certain people around him who didn't help him. Um, but yeah, you know, he he's got his career now, and best of luck to him. I'd love to see him succeed, but it's difficult to see. But going back to our point around the goalkeepers, it the, the thing that bothers me, I think about this, and I think it's the reason why I'm on the fence and the reason why I'm irked about it. I have got nothing against Michel Form. He's a top professional, good guy to have around the squad. Um, he's well liked within the squad. Perhaps him coming back, he can cheer a few people up. Who knows? Maybe. Um, yeah. I, I don't expect him to get game time really, unless there's a particular issue. Um, but having him around isn't a bad thing. So, so I'm kind of like, okay, I, I, I'm accepting of all of that. When it comes to my issue, is at the start of the season in in the summer we let Michelle go. Now. Yeah. If the manager and the coaches looked at our academy keepers there, Brandon Austin and Whitehead are the two that I'm going to talk about because they're the two that involved in first-team training the most. Yeah. If they looked at those two and went, yeah, okay, we don't need to sign a third-choice keeper because I'm happy as third-choice, you know, Whitehead. Yeah, I'm happy. He's going to be the guy, or Austin can be the guy. I'm happy with those options. Yep. What changed? Do you, yeah. you see what I mean with that? Because if they were happy with those options in the summer, then something has changed. Have they suddenly deteriorated, which I don't believe? Have they suddenly stopped you know, doing the things in training they were doing before? It doesn't make a great deal of sense to me. There's this... I, I always love the kind of mad rumours that go around. The mad rumour going around at the moment is Whitehead is awful with the ball at his feet, therefore Pochettino has wanted to bring Vaughan back. Well, one, who's seen Vorm handle a pass back before? <laughs> yeah, yeah, not great. Yeah, yep. yeah, okay. Um, but two, the notion that Pochettino would work with a goalkeeper, because this lad has been around the first team for three years. Yeah. It's the, the idea that Tony Jimenez, the goalkeeping coach, would work with him day in, day out, for that amount of time, and then suddenly, two weeks ago, they go, ooh, ooh, he stopped being able to kick a ball. Oh, no. No, he can't control it. Ah, oh, no, that's not good. I mean, that yeah. doesn't make any sense. I mean, I've watched the lad play. He's he's not a he's not what you'd call an expansive, free flowing playmaker of a goalkeeper. Hell no. No. But but the guy handles it as well as Hugo Norris does. 
<laughs> so he's not tried to uh, Cruyff turn anyone recently, has he? No, exactly. No. Yeah. So, so my point in this is that, that, that rumor is sort of flying around. It's like, no, no, come on. You use use the logic to this. Take yeah. a step back from the rumor, and the logic is. He's been involved in the first team for a good few seasons, been trained Tony Jimenez with the first team goalkeepers. If he was that bad in the summer, there is no way the manager would have gone, oh, do you know what? Yeah, he'll be all right. So, so this kind of brings me back to this next point, which is if that decision was made, yep. something has changed, or if nothing's changed, then that's really disappointing. But if in the summer they looked at that and they went, do you know what, I do need a third-choice goalkeeper and we as a club failed to sign one, that's bonkers to me. Because a third-choice goalkeeper, you're looking for someone ideally classed as homegrown and someone who's played first-team football so they've got experience. Well, I can tell you right now, there was about five or six that would have been available on free. You know, we we let Vorm go... You could have easily picked one of them up. So it isn't a case of the club didn't want to spend the money on that position even because it would have been like for like. You know, Vorm leaves, we bring in a homegrown version of Vorm, if you like, so it doesn't mess with our quota. Well, um, that's what Chelsea did it last year with yeah. uh, Robert Green. And yeah, Man City White. have done it this yeah. time. Man City have got Scott Carson as their third goalkeeper. Oh, I mean, don't get me wrong. He's never going to play a game of football for them. But you he are qualifies homegrown. Yeah, if you're English and you're a goalkeeper aging right now, you have got the gravy train, my friend, with Premier League clubs. Yeah. We need you as a third. Isn't it something Grant yeah, yeah, at Man, Man United? United. Yeah, Lee yeah. Grant at United. Yeah, so, need... what... We need a third choice goalkeeper. It needs to be homegrown. Yeah, right here. Uh, I'll do it for a hundred grand a week. Thank you very much. Uh, you mean I'll never actually have to play? I just have to come to training and then I can watch the games from the state. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah go done. For it. I'll and do that. Done. Yeah, I get paid to train. This is awesome. Yeah. Um best gym in the world. But it's yeah, it's mad to me. But it's what it is. And so it would not have been a difficult thing for the club to do. It literally would have been a like for like. You know, warm yeah. leaves. Bring someone in. No difference other than the fact we've changed our homegrown quota. It's a positive. Yep. So, but they decided not to do that. <laughs> so again, and I go back to this: if the problem is that these players have not played first team football, that is a problem of our making. Because yeah. for the last so, three seasons, they could have been on loan. Yeah, send them out to the loan, League One, Championship yeah. teams, build yeah. up that match experience. Yeah. And the the League One teams, for example, like I said, I'm a South End boy. I live yeah. just down the road from the ground. Yeah. We have forever got young Premier League Championship players yeah. on loan. League One football, just learning how to play football. Yeah. Like learning how to deal with the crowds and all that sort yeah. of thing. Now, as a goalkeeper, yeah. it is massively important because you go down to lower league football and you're a goalkeeper, the, the fans get at you, man. You know, they will... Oh, yeah. They will boo and jeer every time you drop the ball. You are going to hear about it for the whole game, and they'll probably remember next week, and they'll remember the yeah. week after, and the next time you play that team, they'll definitely remember. But that's it. That's how you learn, and that is kind of like this baptism thing that needs to happen. And yeah. Mauricio Pochettino has got this fantastic reputation for giving young players a chance. And there was this big argument, and we raised it on the podcast last year, and it was a big argument which. Is that becoming a kind of a myth or a thing of the past? Because 
who was the last young player that he really gave that opportunity to? Or who was yeah. the last young player who really made the breakthrough? And there, there's this kind of thing where he wants to train these young players. He wants them to be around the first team. He wants them to be trained by him. So he, you know, there's no bad habits. They do exactly how he wants things done. He gets to mould them. Yeah. Yeah, and and you sort of look at that and you go, "That's great. You know, that's 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 perfect." But the problem is they're not playing. Uh, no. Oliver Skip was coming through our academy and he was head and shoulders above everybody. I mean, I raved about him on this podcast before yeah. most people knew he existed. I, I just, you just cannot explain how he was, he was like a man against boys, even when he was the youngest player on the pitch, he was like 17 yep. playing for the under 23s. And he looked like he was an international player playing in a warm up game, you know? Yeah. <laughs> He's phenomenal. Um, now I, watch him make these cameos for the first team and my overriding emotion is I, I love seeing him on our shirt in the first team and I love seeing him involved in the match day squads but dude needs to be playing football he yeah he gets like playing. the last eight minutes against you know whoever the yeah the league just, teams you're like ah oh. he needs to play um and my my massive concern is is that you've got a guy uh, I know I'm moving on a bit from the goalkeeper here but uh, Wanyama's done for me. I know this sounds ridiculously yep. harsh, but through knee injuries, to me he's done, and he needs to go, um, or, or just you know, just not be in the squad. Because... He could easily do a Dembele, go to a China, go to the MLS, something any like league, that, yeah, and go play for another five, squad. six years, bossing it. Well, I'll tell you right now, the team that wants to sign him is it's... Celtic. Is it still? Oh, he's, he played there before, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. yeah. They yeah. want him back. Desperately want him back. I, I let him go. Let him go in January yeah. because you don't. And this is the thing: like the club are constantly looking at. You know, we need to bring people in. We need to freshen things up. With Wanyama, for example, you don't even need to sign a replacement. You've got Skip there. Yep. The difference is that Skip will then get more minutes. You'll get more time. You'll be able to develop. He's still so young at the moment that. Over these next couple of years, it's kind of like the big years. The, the crucial are, growing, yeah. Yeah, these are the time I want to be seeing him get uh, get a full game here, there. Get get you know twenty minutes, thirty minutes in like big matches. Remember when Harry Winks first started getting integrated? Pochettino yeah. trusted him so much. He'd like bring him on with like ten minutes to play in like big matches. Yeah, and it was like you know he had so much faith in his ability to just come on and control the game, control the ball. And I believe he has that same faith in Skip, but, you know, the team sadly aren't playing as well at the moment. So yeah. you just want to, you know, Wanyama's on the bench. I'm constantly thinking Skip should be there because yep. it's it's time for him. And if you're not going to do that, you know, for example, and I go back to the goalkeepers now, if Whitehead's not even going to be our third choice goalkeeper, then he needs to be down in League 2, League 1, playing every game. Because yeah. he'll get 50 games in a season as the goalkeeper, 50-plus in lower league football. And then yeah. you can look at that and you can go, is he what we want? Is he the keeper? Is he going to develop into the player we want? Because if he's not, then let the player go. You know, make room. Because Brandon Austin's there as well. Let yeah. them both go. Let them both go. Play for two clubs. Get the experience. Play first-team football every single week. And then at the end of the season, they'll come back and you you look at them and you'll say, right, over this season, yeah, they're doing all the things we want to see. Great, you are now bang on our third choice, push to become second, push to become first choice. 
Yeah. Or you go, look, we've watched you this season. You're not demonstrating the attributes we want to see in a goalkeeper. So therefore, look for another club. Yeah, we're going to let you join a championship League One team, full transfer. Well, yeah, whoever. Best of luck in your future endeavours job. Because it doesn't do anybody any favours. I know I'm sounding harsh. Um, A player I absolutely love at the club, again, is Carl Walker-Peters. But my mind is blown. I feel with... so sorry for him. I feel so... you've yeah. got a kid that is it a couple of seasons ago he only played two games. The first yeah. and the last game of the season. Yeah, he got three assists and yep. two man of the matches. Yep. The next season we thought here we go. He started getting a few more games here and there. Um, even against Barcelona, he made that mistake on the halfway line, but then recovered and played. And then was well. one of the best players on the pitch. Yeah. And for a kid of his age, you think that's incredible. This well, season, he's got two centre backs and an unwanted right back ahead of him in the queue. Yeah, and you think to yourself, what is and a, oh, and a central midfielder? He's now like fifth choice, right back. And that's that's the thing that drives me insane and, because yeah, this this is where I don't understand the philosophy, if you like, on this because. He wanted to keep Cole with the squad, with him, to help mould him, to shape him. Yep. And for me, again, this is just purely my opinion, Cole Walker-Peters has not developed in the last few years, and I swear that's because he's not played. Yeah. You know, it, like you mentioned in that game, he did make that mistake. He didn't make it again. No. <laughs> you know, that uh, that ball, the judgement, you kind of learn from making those mistakes. I've talked about this with our central defenders a lot. You know, people are talking about, you know, Davinson Sanchez. Oh, you know, I don't feel this way. He always looks at a little bit rash. Hell, watch footage of Toby Alderweireld at Atletico Madrid before they dropped him and loaned him to Southampton. Talk There's a reason rash. they loaned him. Yeah. yeah. The guy was getting sent off, <laughs> you know, because he just bundled in the people. You have to learn, and you learn by playing in these games, making those mistakes, and adjusting, learning, and developing. Yeah. And defenders, especially, I don't think defenders are really at their absolute best till they're 27, 28, 29 years old. You need to um, learn the experience of how to learn yeah. to read the game. And... Yeah. yeah, big time. Um, yeah. Fullbacks, because of the demand on them physically, um, again, I still think Danny Rose was at his best 26 years old 27 even though he was probably a lot faster as a teenager early 20s yeah but i think that season 2016 17 him and carl walker they were at their absolute peak in my God, opinion. they were the best two fullbacks in the league that season well europe in my, yeah. my opinion yeah but, probably, you probably would and they were like 27 26 so massive amount goes into judgment now you could look at that and go in that case carl walker peters has got time but the big difference is, is that Danny, for example, was playing consistently, rotating in and out, playing games, playing in top matches. I mean, yeah, let's, not. yeah. Danny Rose has been our first choice left back for a good, what, seven seasons now? Yeah, yeah, gotta be, if not more. If not a few more. Carl Walker Peters, he's knocking on the door. He's trying to knock the damn thing down, putting well, in the performances when he gets the chance, and then, you know getting completely overlooked by it. Yeah, and this is the thing I don't understand. From from him as a player point of view, he signed a new deal with us last year and it kind of felt like the manager had said to him last year, look, you've not played, but that's because I've got Serge Aurier and Kieran Trippier here. I don't think either of them are going to be here next year. Um, you're going to be the man. I'm going to look to sign a right back. You know I rotate the full-backs, so you're going to get plenty of games, plenty of opportunities to prove to me that you're a man. 
And I think Carl's like, yeah, brilliant. Yeah, bring it on. Can't wait. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah here we then, go. And then like towards the end of last season, like Trippier's out, Aurier's out, and Yuan Foyf's playing right back. So he's probably thinking, right, okay, not quite sure what's going on. I've signed my new deal, and now I'm being shunned for a central defender out of position. But Juan Foyth was getting picked at right back for Argentina, so he's probably thinking to himself, well, okay, next season of this me and Juan, we're the right backs. Yeah. Okay, you know, that's all right, fair enough. The manager's, you know, it's coming to the end of the season. The manager's trying to run for, you, you know, you can kind of rationalise all these things. But then yeah. we go into this season, Trippier's been sold. Yep. There are two right backs at the club. Walker Peters, Serge Aurier. And, and so far, Sanchez and Sissoko have played right back. Yeah, and on two of those occasions that's happened, Carl Walker-Peters was fit. Yeah. So he was fit, available, and not selected in his position. The manager would rather play central defender or a midfielder out of position than him. I mean, to me, I'd be knocking on the door and saying, sell me. Yeah. Because I Get don't me have out. a career here. Clearly, you don't want me here. Um, and and that's just, this is the thing I don't understand. I mean, the manager has a great relationship with like these players and stuff like that. And I talked a lot last week about the difficulties he's got in a lot of the relationships right now where people have perhaps been told in the summer, you know, we're selling you, I, I want to upgrade you, and are still there. Um, yep. I, I'm wondering, like, Carl Walker-Peters, if that relationship is damaged because he's walking around thinking... Last two, three years, I've been here based on faith, you know, and now now I'm chopped liver again. I, I want to go, you know. It's bound yeah. to affect you. It's got to. So the whole academy promotion thing at the moment was kind of really brought into focus by assigning Michel Vaughan back. Yep. And like I've, you know, I've gone on and rambled about all these other players now, but it, it kind of it questions to me what's actually going on at the club as a policy. Yeah. Is there a policy? Is there any form of coherent strategy with these players? Because if there's not, we really need to find one. Because we have got so much talent in that academy. Oh yeah, there's a few players there. Um, Oakley Booth. Yeah, he's a fantastic talented midfield. Yeah. Obviously, we've got Skip that's now coming through. Para yep. up front. Yeah. Um, these are all players that now we don't want them to be looking at the Carl Walker Peters and Oliver Skip at the moment. Yeah. going, cool, I'm going to get praised to high heaven yeah, and but, and then never going to play for the next three years. I'm not going to play, yeah. I mean, Troy Parrott, for example, is another one who's now not even playing under-18s, uh, under-23 games. No. He's been involved in the first-team squad. Uh, Tanganga, the defender, same. Yeah. It, but they're it, not getting on the bench either, so it's kind of like they're in a weird limbo now. They are, and that, this is this is where I've got this problem. You know, I, I love our manager a bit, and I, I I believe in him all through this problem period that we got at the moment. I still yep. think he's the right man. But as I've always said, you know, I can back someone, but I can still question things I don't understand. And this is one of these things I don't understand because, if, for example, Troy Parrott should this season be playing under 23 football consistently and if you know injuries etc should be involved in the first team squad yeah gets the occasional call up well you know at the moment lucas son lamella people like that are ahead of him 
yep. without a doubt. But he's their only other real out-and-out striker option in the squad. Yeah. So if he's playing under-23 football and then in the week you see Lucas isn't fit enough to play, Son is not fit enough to play, then you give him a nod, you get him involved in the first-team squad instead. But the guy needs to be playing some form of football. He can't just consistently train, 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 travel with the first team. Oh, here you go, guys. Here's your water bottles. He needs yeah. to be playing. He's got to be. And the loan system, you know, the players we get, we send out on loan, it's basically working their way to the exit door. It, it feels to me like when we loan a player, there isn't actually any expectation of that player ever playing in the first team now. That's the point. Actually, since Harry Kane... Mm. How many players have we actually loaned out that have come back and had a future in the team? None. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it. You've got Edwards, gone. Yeah. Nkudu, gone. Janssen, gone. Yeah. And they're not even the youth players, really, well, those ones anymore. You, you look at the players who are out on loan at the moment, and there are two or three of them. Yeah. I would say are talented and should be given first team opportunities and they're young enough that they could possibly come back from these loans and have those opportunities. Yeah. But if you look at the record under Pochettino because you remember the Kane loans etc were before he came in. Yeah. So, you know, if Harry Kane was in the under 23 squad when Pochettino came on and he spotted him, he wouldn't have gone on loan. He'd have just been training with him. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And we don't we don't know where the development story would have gone, what would have happened. But when the manager came in, like these players like Ryan Mason, um, you know, Harry Winks was coming through, uh, Kane, these players the manager just went, hmm, they're they're all right. <laughs> you know, get them in yeah. the first team. Let's give them a get, go. Get them mixing up with these kind of overpaid prima donnas I'm working with and, and let's see what happens. And it yeah. worked. But now these players that he's looking at in the under 23s, he's like, oh, they're lacking something. Well, I can tell you what they're lacking. Match time. Yeah. First team football. Match experience. Yeah, that sort of thing. Yeah. And and again, it, it feels to me like, you know, we, we've got this guy, the manager, great coach, and I've got no doubt that when he's working with players and he's developing, he, he develops players. Just look, he was the fullback whisperer, you know, he turned Danny Rose into a great player. Turn yeah. Carl Walker into a more reliable player. Um, you know, he's done done it time and time again, but I I do think that we are lacking uh I don't know what the right word is, but kind of targeted loans. Like so for yeah. example, you got a player like Parrot, a championship club says, you know, we need a striker, um, we want to give that kid, you know, a run again or you know, we want him to play every week. Yeah. I think the head of our academy should step in and go, he needs to go. He needs to go yeah. there, play every week in the championship because we will learn more about him than you will ever learn, you know, watching yeah. him train, etc. Even and if he will learn of, more. Yeah, setting up an affiliation with a, a League One team, for example, and say, look, we've got three or four players. We yeah. want to give them match time. But really, they're, we're looking at them at being the core of our squad in the future, so we want them yeah. playing together, getting to know each other. Yeah, well... You're at um, Affiliate Club, here's the four players, you're going to play them. I don't know where it stands on the rules around that. I know you can have Affiliate Clubs in foreign leagues. Yeah. I'm not sure you can have one domestically, um, uh, officially, anyway. I know for yeah. a fact that we've 
there are certain managers and coaches that have got Tottenham links. Um, yeah. Like so, for example, if you look at our loans this season, typically there's a Tottenham link throughout all of them. <laughs> like yeah. It's either a former Tottenham man's the manager or the the director of football's former Spurs player or something like that. You just see yeah. it all the way through. Um, but like, it's a player like Jack Rolls, for example, is at Cambridge at the moment. He started scoring goals because that's what Jack Rolls does, by the way. Oh yes, um, and he is a player who, uh, to me, is similar to like Deli Ali almost. This kind of midfielder slash number ten. Yeah, the player I tell you, and this is a t- hard comparison, but the, and hopefully I'll explain it. Like Frank Lampard, you know how Lampard used to just drift in and score. Like he'd arrive, the ball would come loose, and Lampard would be there to smash it. He just he just knew at the edge of the box yeah. when to be there. Yeah. Well, yeah, and or or in the box, he just yeah. seemed to always arrive. You know, just at the right time. And that's that Jack Rolls um, reminds me of that type of player. Just where he, he seems to find himself there, and he's got you know he's got an eye for goal, and yeah, he's a he's a player that wouldn't be bad to have around. You know, you bring Jack Rolls on, give him ten minutes against a team, let him let him have a go. You know, but then yeah. you know let Parrot have a go. So there are definitely players. Uh, someone asked a question last week. You know, where's our where's our academy dream? You look at Chelsea. All of a sudden, they've got like four players come out of their academy and all look like world beaters. Well. We do have the talent there, but I'm not sure we got the opportunity. Those yeah. players everyone's talking about, what's the thing? Where was Mason Mount last season? Yeah. Where was Tommy Abraham the yeah. last few seasons? This is it. This is what we need to sort out. And I do. They think were someone... teething themselves in the championship, getting the match experience, getting the hard tackles, the crunches, the experience yeah. behind them. Yeah. Learning. Yeah. yeah, and and this is where I think the club needs to say to the manager, you know, we think you're a fantastic coach, but for the development of these young players, John McDermott, the head of the academy, needs to take over. He needs to kind of go like, yeah, he's a fantastic talent, but if he ain't playing, then he needs to go and play somewhere. It's kind of waste, yeah. And that's what needs to happen, because... I truly believe that Parrot could score 20 goals in the championship. I think he is that talented over a course of a season he could, which is what Tammy Abraham did. Yep. And then all of a sudden, he can come back to us in the first team and be a real... You know, he can walk in there then like, hey, I scored 20 goals last season in the championship. That's you know, that's a decent level. He can walk in with that confidence, that kind of... That swagger, if you like, of... I'm here pushing you, Harry. Come on. You know, what have you yeah. got? What are you going to keep your... Because if you let your standards slip, I'm right here. <laughs> yeah. um, and, and that's it. And you need those players coming through to do that and to have the confidence to do that. They need to have experienced it. And, you know, because at the moment, you know, Ryan Mason and Harry Kane come through. They may not have absolutely smashed it on those loans, but they knew, you know, we can play. We know we can. Yeah. We've done it. We've done it. You know, you you want us to go and play these games? Yeah, that's fine. We can play these games. You know, no no problem at all. These players coming out of our academy are stepping up out of under eighteen or under twenty three football, and it's bound to be nagging in their brains. Oh wow, I'm making my competitive debut. <laughs> oh no, well no. If I make a mistake, I'll have to go on social media afterwards. Yeah. Hell, you know, all these things. You go out on loan, you're going to get hammered anyway. You know, you're going to get. Everything chanted at you you can imagine being like I mean, yeah. football. You go to the low I mean, I said I'm a South End down the road, League One South End, soon to be League Two South End. Yeah. 
And yeah, you go on the terraces there and you listen to some of the songs that they sing at the opposition. Yep. Or even some of the songs they sing at their own players. Yes, yes, exactly. You you will learn fast about the birds and the bees if you haven't learned already. Cool, but, blimey, yeah. But it's uh, it, it's kind of that. I know it sounds like a little bit uh, old man football here, but I I do think that's where our problem is. You look at the like people point at those Chelsea players at the moment. This is the common denominator. They have all been out on loan. With Chelsea, would any of those players be in their first team if not for their transfer ban? The answer is no. Chelsea's a buying yeah. club. We all know oh, that. Yeah. And these guys would have gone out on loan again and then probably had to force a transfer through to somewhere. But they've been given this opportunity. Maybe that would change Chelsea's attitude. I doubt it, but maybe it will. Yeah. But from our point of view, I think we do need to look at that and go, well, what's changed? Our best generation came through what's changed from then and now and what has changed is the manager now prefers to keep the players in house whereas in the past they were sent out on loan to learn and then came back yeah i i genuinely believe that our best players should go out on loan and learn and then come back even if it's you know start of the season to january just just something just get them games Oh yeah, because they came back. I mean, let's look at this season at the moment. You know, we're not playing great. No. And the players like your Delis, even your Ericsson at the moment. Yeah. There's no one he's looking over his shoulder at going, oh, I need to pick my performances up a bit. Yeah. Whereas if you've got these young lads, okay, they're in the championship, but, you know, they're scoring, they're getting assists, they're putting in good performances... And the manager yeah. turns around and goes, do you know what, I'm going to bring them back in January. Yeah, yeah, because cause it's not just, you know, in the training. I remember reading so much about when Harry Kane and Ryan Mason first came in. And they were, like, squaring up to the first-team players, like, ready to fight them in training. Yeah. But it sparked everybody. It, like, kicked off. It, like, got everybody going. And it kind of feels like you need that injection again of just enthusiasm or just you know or anger just be bloody angry be like you know this is my club i love this club and you're playing like crap <laughs> so yeah, this is so how you play get, so get out of my way yep uh, you know that was how i kind of felt with harry kane when he just stormed into the first team it was like this is my club this is my team and i am not putting up with sitting on the bench watching you trudge around every week I will well, run yeah. through walls yeah, I mean, <laughs> to you get think on who, who the starting 11 strike like the starting strikers well, were when Harry Kane was coming through Adebayor and, and Soldado yeah Bobby and you know they weren't scoring goals at that point Adebayor no. is brilliant for any club until he actually signs for you <laughs> and, oh you cynic and Soldado who I loved Soldado but yep. he wasn't a goal scorer for us Nope. He's scored goals for every other team he's played for, but not us. Oh, big time. Yeah. But, yeah, Harry Kane was looking at that going, you two aren't good enough. I'll prove you wrong. Yeah, and I'm going to go score goals. And we need some youngsters like that. Yeah, have that confident arrogance almost to get stuck in and be, I'm better than you, you know, or right now I'm better than you. And just get absolutely stuck into them. That's, yeah. well, that's what I want to see anyway. Decently well desperately want to see yeah um so today they've announced uh the tv fixtures for december and january 
um, which is kind of amusing. Have you have you seen this? I've not read up on these yet. Well, so basically, the reason why I find it amusing <laughs> is because I, it's like when we were not playing well years ago, we'd get maybe a game a month, you know, and then when we started becoming better under Mauricio and stuff, we started getting televised more. Yeah, and it's kind of ah, oh, you know, this is great. I get to watch Tottenham more rather than having to find a way on my laptop <clears throat> yep um but yeah uh so now we're having this crappy period uh yeah they've picked like loads of our games <laughs> <laughs> it, it just oh, kind of no. it kind of feels to me like it's you know nothing nothing sells quite like a potential explosion or it's a crisis they sell yeah. it yeah yeah oh let's, let's have some fun with this let's milk this dry uh, but hopefully it'd be straightforward wins that a lot of them and that shut everybody up. Yeah, that'd be he nice. He says, looking at the fixtures against Man City and Liverpool being televised and slowly, <laughs> slowly, slowly whimpering to himself. Oh, um, God. But uh, yeah, at this time, uh, so many minutes into the podcast, I would very much like it if we could go to our Facebook page Um we put out uh, a shout, just basically, you know, any thoughts, any opinions, anybody, let us know. Uh, so we're going to head there now. And now it's time for your comments directly from our Facebook page. Okay, mate, this is the fun bit. I'm pretty sure I didn't realize I was being recording, so I'm pretty sure I've got a comment in there myself. You actually have. Um, I didn't, didn't realise I'd be here. No, no. Do you, do you want to answer your own question? No, I'll let you do it. I'll let no, you do it. No, we'll, we'll, we'll skip yours. I think, actually, I think we've already answered it. But uh, first one up to Michael Joseph. Michael says, I'm sure you'll discuss this, but thoughts on Vaughn returning? Ha, Michael, you were right. We have discussed that. Um, uh, Simon Whiteman says, I see that we've once again been linked with Adrian Rabio." I think it's Rabio anyway, um, who it oh, seems hasn't yeah. hit the ground running. Juve, are we desperate enough to give him, or are we going to give him a wide berth? Uh, I actually found that rumour earlier, because I saw your comment and thought, oh, that's one I hadn't seen. Um, I, I take that with an absolute pinch of salt. I, um, the, the interest, I think, for us died quite some time ago, because he was a player we wanted to bring in, and we we basically did a deal with PSG for like a loan, up until his contract expiring, and like a couple of million, uh, you know, because obviously they were worried they'd get nothing for him. Yep. Uh, so we were like giving him a couple of million loan fee. I think the total would have come in at like five million plus we took his wages for the. You know, it was it was a deal that was all done, and the kid's manager is his mother, um, yep. who told the press whilst negotiations were ongoing that he wouldn't join Tottenham because we were beneath him. Yeah. Um, and I'm pretty confident everyone was kind of like, oh, let's keep negotiating, and Daniel Levy went, nope. Yeah, I I remember that, the whole I won't join you, I'm better than you sort of thing that came out. Well, it came from his mother, who's his manager, and the player backtracked, they backtracked, they tried to then do the deal in the summer when they didn't have a club lined up, Um, and no, no, we, we, I think again... Daniel Levy's put his fingers up and gone, sorry, we beneath you. Yeah, well, I think Daniel Levy and probably Mauricio as well probably just went, really? Yeah, 
Get fucked. Um, yeah, enjoy sitting there watching the football every week. Yeah, yeah, go go to Juventus then. Uh, you know, and that's what he's done, so I'm sure he's earning very good money to have splinters in his ass. Uh, but no, I really can't see that at all, unless there's been some kind of massive behind-the-scenes, you know, sending sending caviar baskets to Daniel Levy saying, <laughs> I never meant to say that. I was mistranslated. We want to join you, really. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't see that, really. Um Jeff Edwards says, what did you think about the two NFL games in the new stadium? I saw posts about how much it benefited money-wise for Tottenham. If you guys know more details, I'd love to hear more about it. Um, I know some of the finance stuff. What did you think about it? Do you like the NFL? I <laughs> I watch the Super Bowl every year. I, I always watch the Super Bowl final. But you, but you follow the game. You understand how the game is. Mm, roughly. Oh really? I, Rough. you, I watch Super Bowl every year. I get really please, excited by it. Please, I get up at like. Tell me you don't just watch it for the halftime show because I no, swear I don't. To God. No, because they're normally yeah. rubbish. <laughs> it's just because it, it's such a big thing. Like, um, yeah. When I was, I must have been about eight years old. WrestleMania. No, well, yeah, I love WrestleMania anyway. Yeah. But when I was about eight years old, I was given two T-shirts. I got family in America. Mm. And the two teams of family support is Miami Dolphins yeah, and Chicago Bears. Okay, yeah. Um, so I got sent both of them, right? The two halves of the family, one Christmas, yeah. were trying to win me. I got sent both. So they're the two teams that I kind of look at. Neither of them get to the Super Bowl final, but I watch it anyway, just in case <laughs> one year they might be there. I'm sure they I've will. I've got about a 50-50% chance of knowing what's going on. Okay, well, if you ever did it, I mean, I really like the NFL. Um, I was a rugby boy, as everybody knows, but someone tried to recruit me for the London Monarchs. Yes, people, that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> and I was going to be a defensive end. I think if you that say was the so. position. Yeah, I think that was a position or a tight end or something like that. But basically, all the, the guy explained it to me is I'd get to hit people. And I was just like, can you clarify? He's like, you know, you're quite a good tackler in rugby and we want you to, you know, we really think you could transition and you just get to smash people all day and you get paid like 10 crap loads a year. Interesting. (laughs) Um, For me, I know quarterback, wide receiver. That's about it. Yeah, don't get me wrong, mate. When it comes to the technical (laughs) stuff, I'm not there. I, I, I understand... The um, you know the way the game works, it's basically like a chess match with violence, and I love that. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so going back to it, um, the financial side, the implication for Tottenham. Um, see, there's a lot of stuff about this. A lot of people hate that our stadiums shared in their view um, with other sports, with other activities. For me, I love it. Yeah, if Tottenham aren't playing there. Damn, let other people use it every day. Give I mean, us the money. Yeah, I mean, if you look at it, you know, let, let's put it in like a, a simple terms. You play yeah. X amount of games every season. Yeah. Half of them are at home, half of them are away. Yeah. So let's just say in a perfect world, every other weekend, yeah. you play a home game. Yeah. Well, that means for 12, say 12 days in between. Yeah. I want sports cons like games there. I yeah. want concerts. I want yeah. exhibitions, boxing, yeah. boxing yeah. anything you can put in there that's going to put a bit of money yeah. into the Spurs, pay the stadium off quicker. Yeah, and that's Except the thing. Damn straight, yeah. That that is the thing. See the way Daniel Levy tried to learn from mistakes of other clubs. Now forget who this other club is for a minute, but he looked at what happened with Arsenal, and he looked at the Emirates Stadium. Now, 
Arsenal built that stadium. They did it all for, for the time that they did it. You know, he did it all fairly straightforward. They kept Highbury, sold off the developers, etc. Mm-hmm. Um, but the problem they had is they did it all from their operational budget, which basically meant that they were then in this problem. They had this stadium, this debt. They had to service it, and yep. they ended up having to sell players. They, you know, they they kind of struggled it ruined for them years. for a few seasons. Yeah, yeah. I mean, financially now, Arsenal are a very, very sound club. I mean. They showed it this summer by by spending when a lot of people didn't think they would. Yeah. Um, just how financially sound they are, um, especially when you consider they've been out of the Champions League for a few seasons now. So you had to get a little digging. Um, but from from our point of view, he kind of looked at that, looked at what's happened with other clubs with stadium transitions and stuff as well, and he wanted to learn from it. So what he did was he set up two projects. He had the operational fund for the club. And here's something a lot of people don't like hearing because it goes against a narrative. All the profits made from the club then went into this other fund, which was funneled into the training ground, was yep. funneled into the, the the stadium. And the reason why the project took so long is because we were doing it all bit by bit, you know, buying a bit of land, buying the next bit of land, negotiating with people, you know, moving businesses, yeah. etc., burning down steelwork I mean uh, unfortunately acquiring steelworks that have been burnt down <laughs> <laughs> you just know Daniel Levy's walking around like a balaclava with some mol- like vodka bottles and rope yeah a Molotov cocktail yeah, yeah it wouldn't me yeah yeah, no, no, it wasn't him. It was somebody else. Uh, anyway, so, <laughs> so, but but basically, you know, we did it piecemeal, bit by bit. Remember the campaign from the Levy Eight Brigade? Not one brick's been laid. Yeah, yeah, look at it now. But basically, we, we did it bit by bit, and so the idea was that it would become a self-contained project that would never have any impact on the football side. Yep. And the way they financed it was uh, short-term finance. It's called a bridging finance, which basically means you don't make any payments on it at all during the term. You then make payment. You then repay the full amount at the end. Yeah. So his idea was, whilst the stadium's being built, there's no impact on our budget because we're not making payments. You know, this loan's been drawn down. We're getting it built. At the end of this term, the stadium's built and it opens... We've agreed with banks that we transition this debt straight away. You know, it was all kind of this great plan. Yeah. Unfortunately, we ran into serious ass delays, which meant that that bridging finance went over. It Some, meant that yep. the massive penalties involved in that. And I'm it, pretty it sure did. the electrician was an Arsenal fan. Oh, I've got to have been. Yeah. But basically, that meant that it did impact our our footballing budget and we had a couple of windows we didn't sign anybody um you know <clears throat> there there can be arguments about stuff like this but i think anybody looking at this common sense can know that uh, look, yeah. we ain't we ain't spending 80 million pound on a couple of players at the moment mauricio because we need that in the bank just in case <laughs> yeah once it was all settled again this summer we were able to spend on players because again we've got two separate things he's reamortized the stadium and basically the why why he did the deal with the nfl why he did the deal with saracen's rugby club why he's in the middle of doing a deal which should be announced soon for um an events company that are going to put on concerts all throughout the summer it's because the world-class stadium make the money all of the income from that when the naming rights is done yeah all of that income pays for the stadium which means all of the gate receipts for Tottenham Hotspur games 
will just be in the operating budget. None of that's going to go to paying off stadium debt. All of that is in Tottenham's budget, meaning the wage ceiling could increase, meaning that our we can show the accounts to FIFA, etc. We can be the bigger club we wanted to be. Yep. We're still transitioning to that at the moment. We're still not there yet because there's still certain things that need to happen, but that was the overall plan. So when you got the NFL in town, the NFL, the team that's designated home, get the gate receipts. Yep. The team that's um, the all of the merchandising there goes to Tottenham. <laughs> so yeah. the NFL store is the Tottenham store, Tottenham NFL London. We make the money from all that. We make the money from the concessions, all the sales of the beer, everything and like that. I know someone who is an NFL fan who is at the game. Yeah. Uh, I think he went to the first game. They they ran out of beer that day. Yeah, they ran the beer sold out. Yeah. And people were queuing three and a half hours early yeah, to, to get, get into in. the store. Yeah. So you're telling me that's a lot of money being made there. Well, I know purely from the bar, the club took a million from the first NFL game. And they stocked more beer for the second than they sold more. So we'd have broken a million again. It is crazy. But that again, that's a couple of games a year. Yeah, we're not taking the gate receipts, but we are... The the benefit to the area, like the local shops, everything, the amount of people brought in, the lot, the business, the the stadium is like a self-contained business. All of the bars, all of the food, everything that's in there. Yep. And it's just, it's paying for itself by having these extra events. Um, I mean, I can go into loads more detail, uh, but I'll tell you what, there was an article written by Alistair Gold of Football London. Um, Jeff, track it down. He goes into a lot more detail than that, and it's very good, accurate. Yep. yep. Um, Jacob Twyman says, "Do you think we'll do a lot of business in the January window? I think the squad needs massive overhaul." Ah, uh, Jacob, what a time to ask that question. Um, <laughs> I hope so. I think so. Mauricio Pochettino's told the press today, "Nope, no chance. Not going to happen. My squad is great." This worries me every time he says that. Um, I it think... really worries me because the squad may be great, but the results aren't. I think People it's kidology. It's got to be kidology. It's got to be until January. This is my squad. They are rock bottom. They they feel like crap. I'm putting my proverbial arms around all of them, telling them how great they are and that I love them all and they're all needed. Because in the summer, I clearly told a few of them they weren't, <laughs> and they're still <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, I don't um, need you anymore. But so hey, right, Danny. <laughs> yeah, so right now, they all need to feel the love. I'm not going to go into a press conference and say, my God, I can't wait till January. <laughs> Do you think we'll sign some players? Oh, I need to sell some of this crap first, guys. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, God, I hope so. Oh, yeah. hey, guys. Yeah, so I... Um, I think it's that. I think we need to kind of go, all right, let's see what happens in January. I We we don't ever do a lot of business in January, but to me, there's got to be two in, two out or something. It, we we got to do business this year. I I just can't find a way around it unless the club's just resigned to writing this season off. Even so, though, hurt. even so, you're going to want to bring a couple of younger players, if nothing else, in. Mauricio loves having pre-season with players. Yeah. So if he can have an extra six months with that person before a pre-season, yeah. surely even that's got to be worth it. 
Yeah, no, I agree. I yeah, I mean Lucas came in, didn't really play a lot, but he came in in January, um, and then obviously had a much better impact last season. Yeah, um, I don't know. We'll, he we'll scored a see. he scored a rather good goal or two, didn't he? I suppose yeah. or three. Or three. Um, now the last one we'll take from Facebook because I'm going to ignore yours because you're here. Um, hey. We've got <laughs> Tom Perks. Tom says, "Can we afford to bench both Jan and Toby to get Juan and Davinson in the centre back?" With Carl Walker Peters and Danny at fullback, um, I'd love it personally. This this is a really great question actually because at the start a few podcasts ago, me and Matt basically went into this debate about the centre backs and stuff, and Matt said, and quite rightly, his view that he sees Toby and Jan on the team sheet, he immediately feels yes, you know that's okay. He sees Sanchez, he sees Juan Foyf, and he's oh, I'm a bit edgy now, I'm a bit nervous. I don't think we can. any of us can feel that way anymore. I don't think Jan and Toby are as committed. I don't think there is... Uh, yeah, I just don't think they're as committed because they were our centre-back pairing for Munich. <laughs> the, uh, yeah. the Munich disaster um, at Brighton. Um, yep. I, I know there are circumstances. I know we can all look at these things and go, well, the Munich, we, we opened up and that's what happens when you open up. Um, at Brighton, the Hugo injury, you know, they've all said really messed with them. Yeah, okay, we can look at all of that, but so far this season we've not been playing well, and they've been, bar the opening few games, our centre-back pairing. Yeah. Um, there has got to be an argument to say, well, look, if you guys are leaving, then it's got to be Davinson and Foyf, you know, Davinson and Wan, they're our centre-backs. Yeah, and and away we go, and you just you know, like I said about writing this season off, almost it kind of feels like you got to go right. You know, if you guys are going, you know, here's the last chance. Toby Yan would like you to both sign new deals for one more season with a, with an option for a second as well. If you guys aren't interested in that, then thank you so much. Please look for new clubs in January because you're not going to play again. Yeah, we need to look at the future. And, and I'd even and I'd yeah. even say that to Christian Eriksson. Yep. Chris 100%. Chris, appreciate everything you've done for this football club. You know, you've been great. We know you want to go to Spain. But if you can't show the commitment to sign a deal you know, because we could offer him a deal with a with a release clause for a Spanish club. You know, yeah. but that would show the commitment that he is still wanting to be involved around the club. He'd get a, you know, he'd get a pay bump, so would the other two as well. Yeah. But and if they don't want to sign that, just say, okay, then completely understand your position, but I want you to find the new club in January um, because you're not playing again. Yeah, I don't, and we don't care who it is, but you're not going to be here anymore. Because I think the fans would be a lot more understanding of results not being as good, would be a lot more kind of, yeah, we're in a bad situation because of this than where we are now, where we're kind of playing these guys. They're not as committed as they were. And we're losing games, and we're losing them quite badly. If they're dropped, and the manager says, you know, I put it to them, they want to leave, you know, I love the guys, they're great guys, but we got to make the best decision for the club here, and the future is not them, so the players that are replacing them need minutes, they need to play. Yeah. I think all of us would be like, oh, okay, we're might, you might have a few bad, you know, a few bad days coming up, but... 
I'd, I'd rather have it. I'd rather have bad games in a season where we're not pushing for a title than us developing yeah. as a team next season for example we start going hello actually we could be pushing for a you know yeah. um, Kelso comes in playing really well Sessignon's playing really well and yeah. Domblay's fully up to speed playing yeah. really well yeah. we're like we could really challenge for the title here yeah. ah we've got the two guys in centre back which we haven't let play really for the last three seasons yeah. ah yeah and okay. that, and that, yeah I think you've hit the nail on that so uh, that was a great question I um uh, again, I'm a little bit on the fence over it because Jan and Toby focused are still two of the best central defenders in Europe. They know each other so well. Their understanding yeah. is phenomenal. And in the system we play where the fullbacks bomb on, they're both perfectly capable of just sliding across and covering either way. Yep. But if they're not focused, which I don't think they are, again, sweeping generalisation, just my opinion, I don't think any of those three their contracts expiring are um you know we need to sort of go right line in the sand you do or do not <laughs> you know yeah. you stay you sign you're focused you don't want to sign respect you love you thank you for everything you've done there's the under 23s training round yep. there's the under 23s fixture schedule you're going to be there until you leave the club i'd like you to leave in january uh, you know, speak to your agent, see what you can sort out. Yeah, for the good of your career, leave in January. Yeah. Thank you very much. For the good of the club, you know, if if you value me, our relationship, you value this football club, this you know, paid you and you've been at for so many years. Please, you know, please leave with a bit of dignity and not not sit in the reserves for an entire season running your contract down. See, that's my biggest worry. I have not so much with Jan, but with Ericsson and Toby. Yeah, is them running out the season yeah. and going to United for free or something like that Well, if... and being a real kind of kick in the teeth to us because they could have gone during the last summer they could have gone in January yeah. but they run um, their contracts down and then go to a in brackets you know, rival club yeah. to be honest with you Toby I could see joining a number of Premier League teams if Ericsson does that I would be shocked I genuinely don't think it's about the money with him. I don't think it's about uh, being at a different club to pick up a trophy. I genuinely think he wants to play in Spain. Because even when he joined us, he talked about he had a path in mind for where he'd like to play and stuff. Yeah. And I think he wanted to play in England. He's done that. And I think he now just wants to play in Spain. Uh, unfortunately, I think there could have been ways we could have handled it better. Um, yep. You know, where where we could have agreed a sale for him and stuff. But, you know, that's a separate issue. So um, I know he wants to go to the Real Madrid and Barcelona. So I see him ending up at Atletico Madrid. <laughs> um, Not it's one of those things quite because, there, but almost. Because sort of it thing. greatly depends who the new manager is going to be at Real Madrid. Because there's no way Zidane's going to last much longer. No. Um, if the new manager happens to be a certain Argentinian that we all know, then I think he'll end up there. But... If um if their new manager you don't know you can no. never tell Jose Mourinho was a massive fan of Ericsson and there's a big rumor he's going back to Real Madrid so well yeah because he left because of certain players who are no no longer there or are leaving certain so, yeah. certain players you mean a certain Portuguese yeah. player yeah and yeah. a Brazilian wing back who's on his last year at the contract and running out anyway yeah true. Yeah, uh, but anyway, my friend, I, I, you know we've talked Tottenham Hotspur for an hour. I hope everyone's enjoyed it. 
Um, we are back next week. Uh, who knows who will be here for the Spurs News podcast next week? Could be me, could be Matt, could be super sub yeah, Stefan. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but regardless of who it is, I hope you enjoyed it. We'll speak to you again next week. See you later. Thank you for listening to the Spurs News Podcast. Be sure to join over 50,000 other Spurs fans on our Facebook page at Spurs News. Until next time, come on, you Spurs! And remember, to dare is to do.